0: The title of the retreat, which is No Holistic Awareness, it was, I think, a title that came from a year or two ago, which was just something that, one way of trying to put some words around it, is to recognise that it is a a comprehensive practice. Any bit of it you take, you can take any bit of it and specialise in it, but really it's how the whole thing, all the practices line up. We might say the first way we can look at the practices is in terms of the threefold um, path, sila samadhi panya, or morality or integrity, um, unification, concentration, firming up the mind, discernment, clarity. You know, these threefold aspect of the path and how they fit together, have to fit together, Because every each one of them requires the others. You know, we only going to get in full integrity when we're really grounded and know what's happening in our minds. Often, the mind is is skipping, blunt, confused, distracted. Then some of our clarity, of our integrity, and way of being with each other, gets sloppy, careless. Hmm. That requires some samadhi. It requires. Panya, discernment, to see clearly what's suitable what's not suitable, and what's really necessary, what's skillful, what's unskillful. Mm-hmm. So, sila requires samadhi and panya. Samadhi, firm unification, requires the development of what's beautiful, what's what has integrity, what's wholesome. It requires sila. It requires a deepening into that, taking it into your body, taking the quality of of beauty, of clarity, of integrity into your into your body feeling it out feeling comfortable in that it requires panya requires that discernment to see the agitation, the guilts the cravings and so forth are unbeautiful and that we can let go of them samadhi requires sila, requires panya panya requires sila and samadhi in that you can't really be what is there to be discerning about apart from sila, which is what's skillful, what's unskillful. Yeah. That's one of the features of panya discernment. And then when you cultivate uh, samadhi, you need the panya to know what actually is firming, stabilizing, grounding, and what isn't. And a clear clarification around that. So, you know works on that level and it's only when you get some strong sense of real uh, quality of, of firmness that you're able to see things clearly, see some of the um, subtler forms of restlessness agitation, holding on and recognize you don't need to do that so samadhi gives you that, that access to deeper wisdom the wisdom of release, you don't get it without that, so these Three limbs is one way of looking at. What we mean by holistic, and just just briefly outline those those trainings. You know, they're all adequate. They're all adequate vehicles. So Sealer itself is not just oh well we do that at the beginning and then we get on with our practice. Sealer, you could say, is the practice <laughs> because it deals with how we live in our world how we live with integrity with compassion with awareness of others how we begin to let go of self in terms of our relationships you know, rather than being me, me, me it's a sense of well house is for us that's sila that's integrity mm. so just in cultivating the the we sense the non-self-centeredness the non-abusive the non-taking for granted the non-dismissiveness towards others and towards your own body-mind and in developing that you can really begin to acknowledge some of the defilements, some of the obstacles and let go of them and feel a a whole lot better for it so Sila itself is a contemplative and wise path which you can clear a lot of stuff what it does is it begins to open up this possibility of operating from a point of view of Clear, integrate, integra- integrative awareness, rather than self-view. Mm. Right. Not what do I want, but what's suitable. You know, how do we tolerate? How do we cooperate with each other? This is all the area of sila. Mm. Sila can be seen as morality, but it also means custom, behaviour, convention. Duties, ways of operating. So you look at it very broadly. You develop sila in terms of uh, the way we conduct ourselves, uh, even in terms of um, you know custom and conventions around around uh, ritual. You know, where we use a custom like uh, chanting and offering to the Buddha as a way of lifting up and honouring. Uh, and deepening and feeling a sense of the beauty of the path. So then you're actually lifting it up, you know, the custom, that the convention, the practice of lifting up the good, the true, the beautiful and honouring it. You know, and there's a definite effect that has. It's not just uh, an outward custom, but it has an effect, if you tune into it, of lifting the heart. Like when you honour and praise something, what happens? you tune into your heart, you get a sense of something rises up, doesn't it? Like if you condemn, curse something, you're generally down. (laughs) If you praise and honor something, something lifts. What's that? Sila actually affects the energies of the heart. And when we cultivate that, you realize as you contemplatives, as meditators, you see how much you need that lifting of the heart because you don't have that, it's going to just be willpower and, idea, and ideas to lift yourself where you're t- caught up in becoming and acquiring, attaining, and da 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 da. That particular angle. But with uh, devotion, you lift the heart through appreciation, praise, love, and then you've got a different kind of energy that's lifting you up. So, this is an important. Quality, Sila quality, much deeper than we. It's not just a matter of getting the rules right, it's a matter of really getting a feeling for the beauty of living with integrity mm. and honoring it. Mm. So, tonight, as is uh, the way of things, the first day, establishing the the Sila, the eight precepts, as the boundary form for the retreat session so this involves the, uh, as you are well aware the uh, refraining from destroying life even bringing to light and contemplating any intentions one has, harmful violent intentions that arise Mm. what's that? puts something down, dismisses something does not experience a mutuality in terms of other sentient beings so we don't just keep the rule we also contemplate the value and the painfulness of not following that of living without that sense of mutuality to others as to myself second precept refrained from taking that which is not given it's in some ways just as a as a rule, this is not that difficult when we look at it as a deep training, it's it's working in the sense of covetousness comparisons a, you know, avarice, jealousy you know, she's got more than I do wouldn't it be nice to have one of those you know, anything, on any level, even the amount of food, you know, how come she got that and I didn't get this you know, So this is a great one for the mendicant community we can all Go in the kitchen, you think you know, the bowl. You know, wouldn't he give me one of those, you know? Come and gave her, they didn't give me this, you know. That kind of thing. It's not given the 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 phrase if it's not given it's not needed. (laughs) It's a hard line to keep, but we train ourselves in that way. And really consider this. Now you have a chance to be gone forth people for this ten days, and just try it. You know, trying to live like a gone-forth person, you and know? mm. so it's around things like whatever food is offered, it's just exactly what I need, because it's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's much easier to decide what you got is exactly what you need. <laughs> the room's fine, it's just exactly the one I wanted. <laughs> so if you work your mind like that it's, you don't have to keep rearranging the world <laughs> fighting with the world <laughs> you know so just practice like that because of course most of the time we can make the choices can't we in fact most of the time you're continually being asked I find it quite agitating you know going to somewhere and there's these 15 different options of what kind of coffee to drink or tea to drink head's going, I don't know what a hazel macchiato soya semi-caffeinated latte is, (laughs) let alone whether I want it or not (laughs) you know, just just stick it in my hand and I'll drink it (laughs) and it's just that's the easy way, it's just easier on the mind and all that fine level discriminations so when we cultivate like that we are developing samadhi because we're beginning to recognize there's the pleasure that comes from discrimination getting exactly the thing I want there's another kind of pleasure that comes from not non-discrimination <laughs> which is a sense of ease uh, relaxation of the mind mm-hmm. so practice with it there's always that bit of struggle in that but the thing is if it wasn't for our welfare it wouldn't be there <laughs> you know, the Buddha wasn't a sadist you know It wasn't supposed. If it didn't make us feel better, we wouldn't have taught it. Third precept: refraining from sexual activity, obviously physical activity, even mental activity. So you can look into that, and that brings to light how we regard bodies, how we regard sexual energy, how we how we feel about that, what these energies are about, what these bodies are about, and their incredible power to flood to flood us with uh passion and uh make us somehow feel inadequate if that passion is not being fed certainly you know my 63 is not really a big deal anymore (laughs) 25 it was (laughs) so uh you know depends how that is for you but we can also use this as an occasion just to really You know, contemplate these physical forms, you know, and what they can do for us, and what's their wisest way of using them. So it's also just about, as we live here, training oneself just to dress in a way that doesn't really arouse or interest anyone else. Just kind of wearing ordinary old stuff. It doesn't really interest or trigger off anything like that in other people. That's a sense of kindness. You recognize just when this sexual desire gets going, it's it's a hard one to keep having to rein in. Precept against uh, harmful speech. False harmful speech. Now as we're keeping uh, silence... More. That's the that's the uh, recommendation, and it's a good resolution to sustain. Just because you know, even friendly and helpful speech, it agitates the mind. Yeah, well, if you're looking for samadhi, then even helpful, friendly speech, you want to keep it brief, short, minimal, because just thinking and verbalizing that particular energy which we use so much of the time, becomes translates into this incessant inner chatter. <laughs> you know, and uh, that, again, is something that can cause us a lot of suffering and takes some practice to be able to get around, calm, come to terms with you skillfully. So the training in right speech is a recognition that... Um, Anything you, any speech form you use, is bound to um, increase, augment, and uh, develop internal speech thought patterns. So we're looking at, first of all, not following the unhelpful thought patterns, certainly not bringing them out into speech, and then beginning to contemplate the activity of forming words, the verbal verbal sankara it's called, the activity of forming words, and how far does that get us? How much do we seek stability, certainty and clarity and solidity and so forth in in words? And it's really just tissues, just paper thin. Yet so often when we get into a kind of a Anxiety state or a worry state or a panic state, we look for thoughts to get us out of it. It doesn't, doesn't work. You know, it just spins the wheel. What you want to do is go into your body. You want to find stability. You're not going to find it in thoughts. So just beginning to prioritize and, and moderate the thought faculty, the verbal faculty. Um, advise refraining even from reading and because when that intelligence when that form of intelligence quietens down another form of intelligence becomes more apparent more intuitive subtler more conducive to samadhi and to contentment and to ease fifth precept refraining from any form of intoxicant this doesn't mean pharmaceuticals if you take pharmaceutical medicine you take, uh, you know, then please keep taking them. Do not refrain from taking any medications that you need or recommended by your your physician. You know, but uh, so here we're not alcohol, intoxication and so forth. It's, again, it's not probably an issue in this situation, but it helps us to look at that which wants to get high. You know, wants to you know, highlight that which wants to get a high going and a lot of meditation is really quite boring from, a, from the ordinary point of view, so it requires this kind of patience and, and uh, ability to, you know, look at quite simple, not very pleasant, not very exciting, not very wonderful things.
1: You know,
0: you're training yourself to see the highs are not where it's at. It's the steadies, the steadies that you're looking for. Refraining from eating in the evening or eating at appropriate times is a practice for this retreat. Um, And it's about uh, moderation. It's about um, just questioning, putting a question mark around some of our oral habits. You just munch munch things, something to do, pop something in the mouth, chew something. And the kind of, uh, with these renunciant precepts, we come into the panic that can occur when things I do normally are suddenly, it's not immoral, we're just not going to do it. But, 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 I'll die. (laughs) I feel uncomfortable, you know. So, Yeah can feel uncomfortable so <laughs> yeah. what's the point of it it's uh, around training oneself to uh, simplify to live simply to live lightly to be prepared to accept some discomfort even uh, myself having done this for 30, 37 years seem to be doing alright physically um, yeah. nourished and familiar with the, the mind panicking when it doesn't get its food sometimes you don't get food in a day let alone in the evening you're mendicant
2: and you come to that
0: place and just come through next day's another day so practice with that strengthening Entertainments, beautifications, adornments, shows, videos, um, these things things that uh, what's an entertainment? Is looking at the deer an entertainment? Is humming to yourself in the shower an entertainment? <laughs> How far do you want to take it? It's really um, practices or, or activities that take us, that distract us from attention, being attentive to being composed, being collected. Uh, it's, not a, it's not about being dry and humorless, it's about when do entertainments actually take me away, when do activities take me away from, from uh, being with some mind states? And because mind states are changeable, sometimes agreeable sometimes disagreeable then one of the most immediate reflexes of disagreeable mind state unpleasant mind state is switch something on you know pick something up get away from it get off that the edge of that one and uh... You know, we're looking at meeting some of this stuff very important to meet we've got a chance to meet this, these Difficult mind states, um, challenging mind states, personas, aspects of our persona system that are ungratifying, and then to widen, deepen, soften, embrace, meet, be gentle with, allow these forms to unravel. This is really the, uh, the, the heart of release, releasing rather than getting away from. And, of course, the last form of, of getting away from is to um, sl- oversleep or to uh, loll around. So this is what the high luxurious beds thing is about. It's not really so much the, the beds themselves as what one does in them. <laughs> Whether one's unwilling to get out of them <laughs> in the morning. So the sense of overindulgence. So here, you know, trying to train oneself to use a modest sleep pattern just to rest the body, relax the body. Using the meditation itself to begin to massage the mind, release some of the agitation, the mind, so the mind is actually becomes more restful in your practice. And then you don't find you don't need so much, mm. so much sleep. So these are the eight precepts. And uh, the saying is, these precepts are a vehicle to happiness, a vehicle to fulfillment, and a vehicle towards release. Hmm. Towards happiness, sukha hmm. tinyanti, is a kind of fulfillment, enrichment pressure and a vehicle towards cooling or towards unbinding or a vehicle towards release. This is why we keep them, this is why we use them. So reflect a little on that and now is the time um, to make the formal commitment to that and I think you'll find the procedure, page 74. Because so, Mayamitranandi will offer the eight precepts. If you look on the top of seventy-four, it says Mayambunte. Say, rather than Bunti, Ie. May, Mayam Iye, which is the uh, way of addressing a Bikuni.
2: I couldn't recognise. What's the mic? <laughs> Is an ear one. Is it? Yeah. Like
1: this? Yeah,
2: it. It. Can you hear? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll start by doing the namotasa three times, then you repeat it, and then we'll go line by line. Are you ready? Okay. Namotasa Bhagavatu Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa, Namo Tasa Bhagavato, Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa, Namo Tasa Bhagavato, Arahato Sama Bhutang saranam gacchami.
1: Bhutang saranam gacchami.
2: Dhamang gachami.
1: saranam gacchami.
2: Sangam saranam gacchami. Ditiampi Butang Sarnam Gatsami
1: Dutyampi Budam Sadam Gatsami
2: Dutyampidam Sadanam gachami Dyampi Damam Sadanam gachami, gachami. gachami. Sangam Sadanam Tatiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami.
1: Tatiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami.
2: Tatiyampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami. Tatiyampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami. Tatiyampi Sangam Saranam Gachami. Tisarana Kamana Niti Tang Ama Aye Panati Pata Vera Adhina dana vera money, si badang samadhyami. dana
1: vera money, si
2: ka Kame sumi chachara, oh, sorry. Abramacharya vera money, si badang samadhyami. Musavada we ramani si kabadang samadhyami. Musawada we ramani si We call up, Bojana, we ramani, sikabadang samadiami.
1: We
2: Bojana, Nacha wadita, dasana. Na- Nacha dasana. Na- Malaganda, we dharana mandana vipusana vedamani sikha samadhyami samadhiyami dharana mandala vipusana vedamani Sikha Samadhyami Ushaskayana Namaskayana Parayamani Sikha Badang Samadhyami Imani Atta Sikha badani Samadhyami Silena suka tinyanti, silena boka sampada, silena nibu tinyanti, tasama silang viso taye.
0: Taking refuge. <clears throat> <Okay. clears throat> Again, the retreat taking refuge. It's an evocative symbol coming in out of the changing, turbulent. Acknowledging what we need to leave behind carefully, welcoming ourselves into the present, modesty and the uh, relaxation of becoming present moving forward, not falling back declining towards the presence of the body, the experience of embodiment as a refuge, as a mooring post, as a guide, something that we can use to tether the rambling, whirling mind, sensation, sensations of the body, the firmness of the body the groundedness and just finding this uh, centrality this central reference point what tells us we're here rather than anywhere else rather than all the places our thoughts can go our memories our anticipations what tells us we're just here gives us a location. Firming up the body refuge, the breathing. We're taking a long, gentle, steady out breath through the nose, just breathing out slowly, steadily, gently, completely. See if you can make it really completed. You feel the sense of. Breathing out, coming down in your body so that everything is stopped, the out breath is completed, then resting there, even lengthening the pause five seconds longer than you instinctively breathe in. It's giving that little more groundedness so you feel the pull of the in breath, you feel it tugging, pulling and then let go gently. So if you're breathing in through a straw, just to highlight within this uh, experience, highlight the breath channel, the breath energy. There's a form that's continually there, breathing out breathing in, lengthening the pause between the out-breath and the in-breath, acts as something that will stabilize your body energy, make it more clear and firm. find that channel, that steady channel breathing, use that as your central body becomes like an energy body and centering around that just arranging your physical form to support that So, how we sit, how we open the chest, how we drop the shoulders we relax the solar plexus, how you keep the head, all these are things you begin to tweak and feel into, not from some you know, external image, the internal sense of what supports, what makes clear, what makes brings to its height, brings to its fulfilment. this inner body of breathing this doesn't really matter what you do with your legs, your eyes, your hands generally you're going to find that the spine becomes important, the spinal upright axis the openness of the chest well and how freely your abdomen can move with the breathing, so if you're hunched forward it's going to be compressed, your upper body is carried through your spine and your abdomen can move more freely, your breath becomes freer, deeper, richer, investigate, use wisdom, and the wisdom is something you do. It's, a, it's an activity of applying intelligence, discernment. we're just coming to the end of this session, this evening. As you're sitting, try and feel into your breath rhythm. And with the inhalation, let the inhalation fill, that sense of filling, rising. And so let your sense faculties open up your eyes, your awareness of the room on the inhalation as if you're rising up softly to meet what's around you Mm. it's very unformed just the sense of others the space, the room Mm. breathing out, coming back into your centre each inhalation rising up to meet the sense world. Said, welcome. So let's uh, just conclude the evening. Page twenty seven, is it? What's that? of is just the concluding homage. Twelve, thirteen. 13, okay. no it's not, it's on page 14, where it says closing homage, page 14.